0: future lovers this is kill streak episode 73 just seconds ago we were rocked by a giant firework now mike knows the pleasure of what it's like to live in my
1: side that of that was my first one live it was fucking intense
0: yeah, it was really it's it's like a real deal firework it's yeah. not like a fucking roman candle
1: yeah no it's to, to be clear the listener at home. It just sounds like if you took one firework from a 4th of July fireworks, show. <laughs>
0: yeah. Which is, I wonder, I, I don't know how they get them.
1: Yeah. How people get them. I and mean, there's got
0: to be a way, right? Where there's a will, there's a way. Hey, speaking of uh, wills to change. Will they, won't they? Will they, won't they? <laughs> we will. We're in person now. We will. Um, so we're going to make a few
1: changes on this episode. Ooh. you know it's one episode after we started the second season so (laughs) the natural time to switch things up yep
0: exactly uh and you know we're we're most of the way through a series of seven
1: or something like that (laughs) yep that's right so uh five of seven on (laughs)
0: so so of course we got to make some drastic changes to the podcast Mm -hmm. Uh uh-oh am i crackling
1: you are i'm getting some crackle all right we'll see you guys in just a second we gotta kill this
0: crackle um, hopefully that crackle yeah. see the crackle is something that always was a problem um, but now we're recording in person I, yeah I don't it seems to be happening more often I don't well, know folks at
1: home like. don't really know about the crackle right because no. we always we almost never start recording and then stop
0: yeah it never usually happens mid episode yeah but now it's just easier to pause and start again so mm-hmm. I don't know yeah okay so we're making some changes around here uh, primarily in what is usually the recap yeah. area of the show i'm no longer going to be doing beat by beat scene by scene breakdowns of the plot uh it's more going to be we're just going to read like m- sometimes literally the wikipedia yeah. description of the plot and then we're going to circle back and talk about things that we liked things that we didn't like and just see where the conversation goes from there
1: mm-hmm. it will be a lot more free form. Uh, and we won't interrupt. I mean, we'll basically just for those of you who aren't watching the movie because you've made your voices heard. There are definitely mm-hmm. a solid percentage of our listeners don't watch the movie before they listen to an episode. Yeah. So we don't want to, we, we don't, we don't want to take that away. We still want you guys to know what's going on in the movie. If you didn't watch it and understand the plot and all that stuff. But yeah, we wanted to take this down from being like a 45 minute enterprise where we, recap the whole movie as well as eric does that it's like you know we'll focus more on the conversation yeah oh and the crackles
0: <laughs> here back. we go co- what the
1: fuck is happening oh, boy. this
0: is absurd all right i'm just gonna
1: restart GarageBand. here comes Let's another see. firework we'll be right back need more bang for your buck Come see us at Mike's Fireworks Megastore, located at 3196 State Highway 6 in Marlin, Texas. Whether you're looking for a big bang to light up the sky or something small for the kids, Mike's Fireworks has you covered. We that that was not planned at all. That, that was, wasn't a
0: sound effect. No.
1: That was an actual firework. We listened back to it, and we <laughs> and I was like, everyone's going to think that we inserted that. That's a, But that was a real firework. Wow.
0: Okay, so we're talking Seed of Chucky today. We will be, after the break, we're going to get a little bit of the history of it as we normally do. We're not going to be doing a blood and guts check. That'll be more after the the recap.
1: Yeah. So we'll give you fuckers a reason to sit through the first break, you know? You can't can't just listen to the first segment and then peace out.
0: You can't just, yeah. no free rides around here, guys. (laughs) You gotta fucking
1: pay the piper. Yeah, also this is, we're announcing we're switching to a Patreon (laughs) format.
0: Oh, oh. It's weird. This hasn't even gone live yet and no. we've
1: lost all listeners. <laughs> huh.
0: Interesting. <laughs> uh
1: yeah, but anyways, um so we didn't I don't want to say we didn't plan much, but uh you know, we're what I what I think I want to say is we're 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 trying something new and we're 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 being kind of improvisational about it. So, yeah. Um You know, who knows? Who knows how it's going to go? But we're interested to see, um, you know, Eric's just never stopped complaining about the work. It was just every (laughs) week. And I reached a breaking point and I said, okay, let's cut the recap. That's fine.
0: That's Um, not true. (laughs) There is something that it's like OCD about me taking notes. I still took like pretty thorough notes as I was watching. Uh Really? Yeah. But like less so than normal. Okay. But I'm not going to, I'm just going to use them for my own. Gotcha. purposes jerk off I'm, I'm putting them in the spank bag baby <laughs> this is a
1: rough movie for that although yeah. the first and only nudity in the entire uh child's play franchise yeah it's noteworthy mm-hmm. um and we get all, we, we get two get, kinds of nudity yeah we get two kinds of nudity. as just say we get uh, some tiffany boobs too <laughs> which, I, which is very funny it was funny but, um but yeah that's for later
0: let's yeah. talk a little bit about our own histories with this movie sure uh, i thought i hadn't seen this and then kind of around the midpoint i was like oh i remember everything that's happening right now <laughs> so i think what i don't think i ever sat down and intentionally mm-hmm. watched it but i think what happened was my roommate adam dio at the time he was he's still adam dio he is my roommate <laughs> at the time. Um, he must have been watching it and Mm -hmm. i walked in while he was watching it i was like oh what's this and sat down and watched it yeah
1: okay that checks out yeah i definitely hadn't seen it before uh and i had uh you know no no reason to beat around the bush i had avoided it because i heard it was bad Mm -hmm. and i mostly liked the child's play franchise and Mm -hmm. i was like yeah i'm not gonna watch this movie that i've heard is bad um I did the same thing with David Fincher and Benjamin Button for like... Oh, yeah. I've never seen it. like I've 10 s- years. Still, I've never seen it. Yeah, that, and then actually. I watched it over the pandemic. It's bad. Yeah. I wish I hadn't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> made, uh, made me like him a little bit less.
0: I've never seen um, X-Men 3. <laughs> oh, that movie is a steaming yeah and I, I love X-Men 2. Or at yeah. least I did when I watched it.
1: X2 is still great.
0: Yeah. And I never saw Spider-Man 3 either. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man for, for 3 is movies.
1: more enjoyable... In it's badness. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'll, I won't go out of my way to watch something that I know is bad. Like yeah. for instance, uh, George Romero, who uh, is long. Everybody who's listening to this show probably knows Dawn of the dead. is my favorite movie. Night of the living dead is up there as well. Um, but I didn't watch survival of the dead until mm-hmm. over pandemic because I just like,
1: I don't know. I don't want yeah. to be bummed out. Yeah. It's weird. Cause I am by and large, a completist with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's, it's you know, it, it comes up in situations where I have an affection for, like, the larger body of work. And yeah. then I'm like, well, I feel like watching this is only going to lower my impression of the creator and all of the other accompanying pieces. So, but uh, now I've seen it. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And we'll talk about that after the break. <laughs> yeah. You'll, you won't know yeah. what
0: we think about this. I okay. uh, do you want to mention I did watch um, the, the amusement park. The George oh, the Romero Ramero thing, yeah. yeah. Didn't realize it's only fifty three minutes long. That's it's, a, that's a breeze. It's straight up. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's a long lost George Romero movie that he made on commission from the like Lutheran Society or
1: something. I didn't know the Lutheran thing. Yeah,
0: it was like associated with like a Lutheran church. Church. Okay. They hired him to make a movie about age discrimination and like the. You know, the the horrors of getting older. Okay. And he went fucking wild <laughs> and made this crazy little thing and it was never never released because of it.
1: I did not know any of that background other than he had an unreleased. I had just heard it was like too horrific to release.
0: That's not true.
1: Yeah, I heard the same Probably thing. Probably too horrific for the Lutherans, I'm guessing. Yes, yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. I, I I heard the same thing yeah. and I heard a lot of like hype. Leading up to it, and you know, I I didn't enjoy it very much. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a he's a director that like even though I love some of his movies, some of his movies are pretty hit or miss. Yeah. Uh, and this is you know like it's hard to like I what are you what are you gonna judge this movie on? It's it's an unreleased sure fifty three minute long oddity in this already kind of spotty director's work. Yeah. That's not the shit talk, George Miller. I think he does a great job most of the time. But, but- he's
1: capable of. Of turning in a bad film.
0: Exactly. Yes. Yes. And he has sort of a workman style that I appreciate. And this is more highly stylized, at least in terms of like the plots. It's like, it's a surreal movie. Okay. That I don't know he completely has the artistic ability of. Like, let's say like David Lynch could probably turn in a pretty terrifying 53 minute movie about the same subject. Got it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean?
1: You know what I mean? Uh, Anyway. That makes sense, yeah.
0: It's worth checking out just for the sake of, like, completionism. Um, but I, I was a little bit underwhelmed, just especially c- c- some of the hype leading
1: into it was, like, pretty... pretty yeah, I mean, impressive. it was an exciting idea that mm-hmm. there was just an un... Because you get that with books. Yeah. You know, and it's easier for that to happen with a book because it's just someone stumbles upon a physical manuscript, just one, and then, oh, you have a previously unseen piece of work. But a film... There's so many people involved yeah. that it's like you don't have situations like that where people stumble upon a complete or or what you would need to craft a complete film yes. in the editing room. Yes. Yeah. So it's certainly exciting that it existed. but Totally. It, it's not surprising. It wasn't.
0: I'm not mad that bad. I watched it, yeah. but it, it wasn't
1: exactly. It didn't exactly blow me away. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I haven't watched any other horror this week, I think. So, but now, now that we are cutting a little time out of the middle of the podcast, maybe we can talk about it more often. I would like to do that. Yeah. This is also a more pleasurable experience, viewing experience. Mm. Well, I've never totally been able to put myself in your mindset because even when I did do the notes, I always did two viewings. Right, right. I always just sat and watched the movie the first time the way I always do. And right. then I went back and did a notes pass and, you know.
0: And this is more of just sitting back and watching it and just taking notes here and there. Sure.
1: Yeah. Any let's talk about of Chucky. Okay. Um, so both of us spotty memories or of seeing it or not, or, or <laughs> definitely hadn't seen it at all. Uh, so this one came out in 2004. So it's six years later, mm. uh, after bride of Chucky and the, uh, you know, the story here, is essentially universal who had the rights wanted to do another one. Enough time had passed that somebody was like, we can uh, wring some money out of that franchise. And Don Mancini as always was up to the challenge of writing something. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, as he's talked about a little bit, I think kind of inspired by some of the bigger swings that he was able to take with bride of Chucky when he was tasked with doing a sequel with the only real agreed upon subject matter being they were going to follow the child mm-hmm. birthed by Tiffany and Chucky at the end of Bride of Chucky. Uh, he gave them something very, very different from what they were expecting, what they were hoping for. Okay, uh, You know, the studio, the giant movie studio was like, yeah, we just want like another Chucky movie right. where it's the kid kill is a killer doll. we're the Lutheran church and we hired you to make this thing and (laughs) you turned in something crazy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there was an early point in time where they wanted Ronnie, U to come back and, uh, he was unavailable. Uh, it was definitely a movie that I don't know that it was ever officially in turnaround, like sort of the, uh, that's, that's the unofficial limbo of Hollywood, you know, where a movie is just doomed. Yeah. Like
0: development hell.
1: Yeah. Um, but it certainly took longer than I think they had planned. Um because they were they were gonna move ahead with something, and then it kind of sat until about two thousand three. And then I guess, um, Focus Features, which was affiliated with Universal, like they were sort of under the the larger umbrella, uh, had a really big success with Cabin Fever and, and working oh, with yeah, sure. Roth. And so they kind of got they were like, yeah, let's do some more horror. What do we have the rights to, you know, essentially that kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, and so Mancini, um, decided that he wanted to make a movie that explored more LGBTQ themes, like some of the stuff that he touched on, on bride of Chucky, mm-hmm. uh, Probably not surprising to hear. He took a lot of inspiration from the Ed Wood movie, *Glen or Glenda. Sure. Of course. Uh, so for those who aren't familiar with that one, um, it's, it's, you know, it's a fifties exploitation film. Uh, it's sort of staged as like a docudrama and it's about cross vest, cross dressing. Uh, uh, it's the, the main characters of transvestite. Who goes by either Glenn or Glenda, mm-hmm. uh, and
0: Transvestite's Sort of in the old timey parlance of yes, that
1: right. Yeah, I'm not you know fully versed in what is the best way for me. Right. But. Yeah. I mean, I think that that term is now phased out.
0: But right. But you know, at the time, I'm sure that's that's what yes. It was that's that's
1: to. what it was. That's what the character is referred to as. Please forgive me if I. Uh, bungle some of this because I I would not ever pretend to be an expert in this stuff. I'm, sure, of course. Um, but yes, my neither would I. <laughs> no, you are.
0: <laughs> yeah. Aren't you? Uh, moving on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I did read actually. Um, since we're kind of on the subject, uh-huh. I did read a pretty nice article uh, written by a, a trans man um, about uh, how this helped them. Like this did this help them like accept who they are really about the seat of Chucky? yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it does have a really strong through line about identity and that's, and we'll get into this, I think, but it's not, not just our, our character who is unclear on identifying with a gender, but also different forms of identity and those sort of identity struggles. Like it's a really deep, rich theme in the movie. Now, does it always work? Uh, I don't know, but uh, it's definitely deliberate, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, so basically he turns in this script where Chucky and Tiffany's uh, child is, is dealing with gender dysphoria, right? And he decided to go full bore in the comedy direction. Um, Mm -hmm. So even less of a horror movie initially. Now I think they managed to pull it back over to something similar in tone to Bride of Chucky, ultimately, or or closer, right? But anyways, Universal gets the script, and they're just like, no, absolutely not. Uh, um, And in fact, this may be apocryphal, but the story from Mancini, I think, is that they gave him the note, literally, this is too gay. Um, Oh, Jesus. Yeah, which sounds like something uh, a major studio would say. Ultimately, though, um, Focus picks it up, and then uh, they actually started a new shingle, as they they tend to call it, called Rogue Pictures, mm-hmm. because they like Focus at the time was. Pretty well associated with like kind of indie and and like sort of prestige cinema, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Well, we don't want to." Well, this clearly isn't that. Yeah, it's <laughs> like so. We're gonna make <laughs> up something else called Rogue. Um, um I
0: want to briefly uh, interrupt you. Yeah, I apologize. Uh, the article was written by a, a trans woman. Um, the article is called "Why Seed of Chucky Holds a Special Place in My Heart" right. by
1: Sam Moreau, M A U R O. Okay, yeah. check it out. I wish. Eric had told me about this before the podcast. I would have read it. I should have. Um, yeah, I apologize. That's okay. You are forgiven. Um, yeah, so anyways, um, the budget for this one, significantly lower than the previous film. Uh, I, I don't even know if it's significant. It's lower. But they spent a weirdly... I think they spent like $20, 25000000 million on this. Wow. And... I mean I guess those dolls are expensive. <laughs> yeah. Because it doesn't look super
0: I mean some expensive. of it some of it does. The dolls are fucking great though. Yes. I, I wanna like shout out the dolls. Mm-hmm. There a lot of uh I mean maybe this is encroaching too much on on the next segment. Sure. But a lot of
1: like the acting is left to the dolls this is true yeah and they
0: actually do like they're able to get yeah, you, really good performance you get
1: some emotions out of them and yeah, yeah yeah no i agree with you in that respect this is a doll heavy movie more so than anything else up to this point yeah and it does seem to be just increasing on a, a pretty even scale because bride of chucky before this was certainly the one doubled the dolls you know and now we have triple the dolls right um so yeah eventually this gets made filmed almost entirely do you know where eric i just read it yeah uh, i wouldn't have if i, I would have had no idea uh, if i
0: didn't just read it but in romania
1: <laughs> at our old friends castle film romania oh site of the uh production of return of the living dead necropolis and yep. rave to the grave uh, wow yeah charles bann's uh cheapo production factory out there in eastern wow. europe yeah I mean, that must have been all the interiors, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, so Don Mancini, this is the other big behind the scenes note, is that this is his first time directing. Right. Um, always the right. He's the writer on every single Child's Play movie. But this was his first time in the director's chair, not just for this series, but ever. This was his first feature film directing credit. And on and his only directing credits to date are this and the next two Child's Play movies. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, he said that he wanted to do something that felt um a little more gothic. <laughs> uh that's a funny description. Yeah. Um but you know, older like he wanted to replicate this sort of style of older stuff by doing a lot of soundstage filming. Um which sounds like something you might say after the fact After because, the fact. Yeah, just because say, you're forced to shoot everything yeah, on a sound that's stage. Exactly what I
0: was going to say. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um but I mean he definitely like he he says he drew a lot of inspiration from uh De Palma and Dario Argento. Mm. Uh De Palma he hired basically his go-to composer this guy Pino Donaggio. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh to do the score. The score was fine. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't no, really, I don't know, I didn't really think Yeah, about I didn't it. really notice it much one way or the other. Um but I will say that for a movie that occasionally looked like some of the cheaper movies we've covered, it didn't sound like that. So mm-hmm. credit to Pino, our boy Pino there. Uh, so yeah,
0: it's funny De Palma is one of his pulls for this movie. I've been watching a ton of De Palma movies yeah. lately. Yeah, uh, and I guess I could see in some of the some of like the
1: wilder camera angles there's like some pe- interesting camera work there yeah. is
0: yeah like people going over banisters a lot yeah like that happens a couple times and the camera yeah. follows them down well the
1: whole movie starts with essentially it's not a true oneer, but it's like uh-huh it's it's definitely like a i think it probably goes for a full three minutes before there's a little bit of a cheat at yeah. it um yeah pov so you know you definitely can see some of that stuff but it's interesting, yeah. Um, box office wise, didn't do great. Uh, the total domestic gross was 25 worldwide, which just about meets the budget. And then, you know, always those budget numbers don't really include marketing and right and that sort of stuff. So presumably, a lot the studio took a loss on this one. Um, this is the last one to be released. Uh, as uh theatrically until the reboot remake oh uh, that was one of my questions because yeah. I wasn't i didn't remember if something came out in theaters or not it did uh, but the next two uh curse of chucky and cult of chucky did not
0: and it looks like the next two at least looking ahead a little bit mm-hmm. they are a change of direction
1: at least plot wise yes uh what are you reading the plots of them
0: no, I just I just clicked on the IMDb. I couldn't okay. remember which ones come first, gotcha. and I clicked on yeah. the
1: IMDb pages. Yeah. I mean, as someone who's seen them, I will say that they are, uh, it certainly seems like it's an attempt to move the needle back towards the more straightforward horror of the first couple films without fully abandoning the direction of these two. Okay. So it's kind of, it splits the middle, I would say. Um but yeah, I mean overall this is probably considered along with part three to be the other sort of quote unquote failure in the series. The the bastard stepchild redheaded stepchild. Yeah, the bad seed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, how did Eric and I feel about it? I thought maybe Eric would take that. That's fine. Oh, uh, uh, I was
0: waiting for you to finish that sentence. How did we feel about it? I guess you'll find out As after the, the break. And after the description of the plot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna Can we get a firework? I'm gonna pause it. <laughs> the last time he took a bride. But this time, in order to become the parents of a human baby, they'll need just the right woman.
1: Jennifer Tilly. Production is underway on the new horror flick, Chucky Goes Psycho. You know, I should have played Aaron Brockovich. I could have done it without the Wonder
2: In Planned Parenthood, timing is everything, so you'll have to hurry. This shouldn't be a problem for you.
1: This fall, Chucky's
0: back, and he's delivering us some evil. Come to papa.
2: (laughs) What the hell is going on in here? She, uh, came on to me!
1: No wonder her career's in trouble. Seed of
0: Chucky. That's my boy. (laughs) <laughs> oh god bless the little people this november get a load of chucky okay this is the plot description of seed of chucky six years after the previous film glenn the benevolent son of chucky and tiffany has a nightmare in which he murders a little girl's parents. In reality, he's living a life of embarrassment and abuse as a ventriloquist's dummy in England. Side note, his name is Shitstain, I think. (laughs) Shitface. Shitface, shitface. Yeah, shitface. And England seems a lot
1: like Romania.
0: (laughs) (laughs) After being forced to perform at the International Ventriloquist Competition in Glastonbury, and then locked inside a cage, Glenn sees a preview of Jennifer Tilly's new horror film, Chucky Goes Psycho. Based on the Kincaid's encounter with Chucky and Tiffany. Uh, Including Chucky and Tiffany dolls rebuilt from their original remains. Because you know, Hollywood always strives (laughs) for authenticity. Yeah, spare
1: no expense.
0: (laughs) Uh, He realizes that he is their son. Desperate to know his parents, Glenn manages to escape his abusive owner and tracks the Chucky and Tiffany dolls to Hollywood. He finds himself in the prop room of Chucky Ghost Psycho, which contains the Chucky and Tiffany dolls. Glenn uses the heart of Damballa, a voodoo amulet, to bring them back to life. Chucky faints, but Tiffany is overjoyed and hugs her child. When a puppeteer starts taking Tiffany apart, she and Chucky decapitate him with piano wire. (laughs) Jennifer finds the beheaded body and calls the police. Chucky, Tiffany, and Glenn ride home in her limousine. Having witnessed his parents kill the puppeteer, Glenn asks them why they murder others, as he feels violence is bad. Chucky replies that it helps them to relax. On the other hand, (laughs) Tiffany, feeling parental responsibility, agrees with Glenn and forces Chucky to agree to stop killing people for the sake of their son. Chucky promises to do so, but crosses his fingers behind his back in hopes of getting Tiffany to shut up. <laughs> Jennifer tries to get a role as the Virgin Mary in Redman's directorial debut. <laughs> yep. Yep. And after he tells her she is not right for the part and picks Julia Roberts instead, she invites him to her house. Chucky and Tiffany make plans to transfer their souls into Redman and Jennifer. As Jennifer and Redman start to make love, Tiffany knocks them out and uses a turkey baster to inseminate Jennifer with Chucky's semen. Chucky takes Glenn on a car ride. After driving Britney Spears' car off the road, killing her, they proceed to photographer Pete Peters' dark room. Peters had taken pictures of Tilly kissing Redman and Chucky masturbating. When Glenn tries to warn Peters that Chucky's about to attack, Peters bumps into a shelf causing a jar of sulfuric acid to fall onto his head, accidentally killing him. Also should be noted, Peter's played by the great John
1: Waters. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, after you finish your synopsis, I'll do a quick rundown. Oh,
0: great. Okay. Perfect. Chucky overjoyed with pride, believes Glenn did this on purpose and takes a picture to celebrate. Much to the dismay of both Glenn and Tiffany, Jennifer awakens the following morning, realizes she is pregnant and claims red man is responsible. Redman denies this as he reveals that he had a vasectomy prior, so he can't possibly be the father, leaving Jennifer horribly confused. Tiffany eviscerates him in anger. The next day, Jennifer wakes up only to find herself—uh, yeah, sorry. Jennifer wakes up only to find herself with a full pregnant belly, a consequence of voodoo magic. Chucky attacks and captures Jennifer during her phone call with her chauffeur Stan serving as Chucky's replacement body due to Red Man's death
1: is also captured. Sorry, I kind of fucked that up there. You're doing great. Thank you. you Feel free to take a breath, slow down if you need to. Uh, Am I going too fast? No, you're not going too fast. I just want you to feel comfortable. Thank you. I want you to feel confident. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, I do. Okay, good. Jennifer's
0: assistant Joan tries to help her, but she is killed by Glenn's murderous twin sister, Glenda, whose soul shares Glenn's body. Tiffany discovers this and smacks Glenda to bring back Glenn, who is horrified at what has happened. I kind of disagree with this interpretation of the Glenn-Glenda situation. Yeah, I
1: think we should get into that after after we complete the synopsis, but yes, I'm with you.
0: Uh, After Jennifer gives birth to twins, a boy and a girl, Chucky has an epiphany. After years as an infamous killer doll, he finally accepts his circumstances. Disgusted, Tiffany rejects Chucky and decides to take Glenn with her. Enraged, Chucky throws a knife at Jennifer to stop Tiffany transferring her soul into her body and leaving him, but Stan jumps in the way to save her and tells Jennifer he loves her before dying. The police arrive, forcing the dolls to flee. Jennifer's rushed to the hospital, but claims she wants to see her babies. Tiffany drags Jennifer and begins to possess her, but Chucky breaks in and kills Tiffany with an axe. Before Tiffany dies, she tells Glenn not to make the same mistakes she and Chucky have. Devastated, Glenn snaps and challenges Chucky to a fight. Jennifer passes Chucky's axe to Glenn, and Glenn impales Chucky. Chucky assumes it's Glenda again, but Glenn reveals it is actually him, finally able to kill in revenge for his mother's death. Chucky soon congratulates Jen, but he chops off his head, realizing what he has done. Glenn suffers an emotional breakdown as Jennifer comforts him. Finally, years later, at a birthday party for Jennifer's children, a nanny quits her job because Jennifer's daughter Glenda scares her. Jennifer lets the nanny quit, only to beat her to death with a Tiffany doll. Jennifer's eyes glow green, revealing that that Tiffany was was successful in transferring her soul into Jennifer's body. Glenn has one more birthday present to open from an anonymous source. When he does so, Chucky's severed arm is revealed inside, which springs up and grabs him as Chucky's infamous laugh is heard as the screen fades to black.
1: Do you think that this Wikipedia plot synopsis was the uh, genesis of the film Jennifer's Body?
0: (laughs) Oh, maybe. Yeah, I think so. That's a great... I mean I think it, it pre it uh, Jennifer's Body predates it by maybe 10, uh, ten, fifteen years, but I do this think this synopsis so. could have
1: been written in two thousand five. I don't right. know. What do we know? So the year after this movie came out. What do we know? Anyways. Oh Jennifer's Body. I was <laughs> so this is a great we're doing a really good riff here. Bear so with I, us.
0: <laughs> I, you said Jennifer's Body, I thought boxing
1: Helena. <laughs>
0: <What>? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man okay written by
0: jennifer lynch and directed by
1: okay lynch. fair enough there's a jennifer i, can I don't know what happened sure. there um okay yes yeah, so uh that is the plot synopsis of seed of chucky uh returning from the the last movie we have brad duriff as the voice of chucky jennifer tilly playing both a fictionalized version of herself and the voice of tiffany the doll uh Newly added to the cast, Glenn and and or Glenn slash Glenda, voiced by Billy Boyd, who is Pippin from the Lord of the Rings movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Peregrine Took, you yep. fool of a took. <laughs> um, and then we also have Redman playing himself. Uh, as you mentioned, John Waters is the uh, tabloid, the paparazzo, Pete Peters, Uh, And then uh, a lot of people uh, that I've never seen in anything else. Uh, And also uh, Jason Fleming, uh, British actor, Uh many people would know from Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels or Snatch uh, uh, plays himself slash Santa Claus. Yeah, uh,
0: Uh, I read that, at least on the IMDb trivia. Yeah he said that if there were one movie he could erase from his filmography it would be this one (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah, he gives a really stark uh, depressing sort of evaluation (laughs) of being in Romania being slashed to death by two puppets and asking what happened to his career (laughs) Uh, yeah so yes, it's some good stuff Um, yeah so Eric blood and guts check how did you feel about Seed of Chucky Blood and guts check. I fucking loved it. You loved it. I really, really liked
0: it a lot. Wow. Yeah, I thought it was very funny. Okay. Um, I laughed a lot. It thought it was stupid as fuck, but like in a way that I enjoyed. Yeah, I really was like, I don't understand what everybody's complaining about. <laughs> I think this is very funny.
1: Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It yourself. Um, I can't. I can't go that far. I can't say that I loved it. Um, I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed parts of it. I it came really close at many points. Like it felt like it was gonna tip over into something that I sim- would similarly sort of love and be like, I'm so on board. This mm-hmm. is fun. This is great. It's so you know acerbic and and it just never quite did it me okay and i think and i th- and i i do think that you know we've had conversations like this before and i think there is a dynamic here where i get a little bit more hung up on i don't know if we want to call it production value or sure. you whatever whatever it is where it's just like if a movie feels a certain kind of cheap to me it's it becomes much harder for me to get into it okay I'll put it that way and I think that, and I didn't know that this was shot in Romania until after I watched Yeah,
0: it. you kind of would never yeah. know.
1: Well, but I'll say that for myself, I was like, this movie feels like, the the thing that it reminded me of the most, and this movie would tell you that I probably didn't, my feelings weren't entirely positive, is it made me think of Ginger Dead Man 2. Well, I mean, the plot is very similar. Yes. The plot is similar, but it's also like the level of production on display is certainly close to me feels closer to that than even Bride of Chucky.
0: Okay. Interesting. Um, I mean, I do think that Bride of Chucky does have higher production quality mm-hmm. and is probably better directed. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, some of the special effects didn't look bad. Like the puppets look great. I think I mm-hmm. really do think there's a there's a lot of like facial takes that the puppets do reacting yeah. to each other that I thought that I always thought was very funny. Um, the you know some of the shit is like. It's clearly CGI. Oh, one thing I thought was terrible uh-huh. was that opening sequence of like Chucky's sperm <laughs>
1: yeah. swimming to the womb. It's like the beginning of Look Who's Talking. But, yeah, yeah. But, but that's we... all practical special effects. And then right. this is terrible. That was CGI. really John Travolta's yeah. cum.
0: Um <laughs> uh, and this is CGI. <laughs> They had to tell him it
1: was for something else. Um, <laughs> yeah, they had
0: to tell, a, tell him it was a masseuse guy's
1: hand. <laughs> All right, well. I was trying to. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was going for some light euphemism. He really just socked <laughs> it home. Uh. The, the quote
0: from that is like, come on, jack me off, bro, or something like that. Yeah, that's
1: that. it. Uh, anyways, uh, that's fine. Whatever, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. whatever that's, JT's into. Is... That's
0: what you're into. Fine. Yeah. Like, it's a funny detail for me to know, though. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, and this is very nitpicky, but I'll throw this out there. There were a couple times during the movie where I found myself questioning the quality of the sound design. Okay. Um. So you go back and, and watch... You joyless fuck. <laughs> what? It took me out of it. Okay. Um. Where it was like, oh, there's like no... There's no background sound. It's just like all you're hearing is because it's puppets. Yeah. So it's like, I'm pretty sure I'm guessing here. I'm drawing some conclusions, but I'm guessing as a cost saving measure because they didn't have to get any dialogue mm-hmm. because there weren't real actors talking. It was just puppets. Yeah. yeah they yeah. didn't do any wild sound. There is no on set recording. It's, Interesting. I didn't it, think about that. There are a bunch of scenes where I think they just cobbled together like background sound and some foley stuff and then had the in-studio recording of all of the actors playing puppets
0: so um i mean but they did all that that work of like fireworks going off in the background and uh like car alarms and dogs barking <laughs> oh no that was just i watched it down here with my door and window open oh yeah with yeah. my lack of soundbar <laughs> So I didn't notice that. We do need to get. I do need to get. I I looked into it. Okay. I I just bought a car, so I'm like, fair.
1: That's fine. That's fine. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um. I do need a soundbar. But yeah. So I mean, and and obviously, a lot of people aren't going to have the same issue. I know that I am weird in this way, Uh, but it was a thing that, like, on more than one occasion, took me out of a scene. Yeah. Um. I also feel like. And it's funny because I I find myself right now in a position where I feel like I have to argue for why it's bad. I didn't hate it. I mean, I I would say that overall it went by pretty quickly. um, And there were moments that I really enjoyed. But then it's... I mean, it is funny how it's like... Mancini's an interesting writer to me because he is... In some ways, like incredibly progressive in these storylines that he's putting together, but then he can't stay out of his own way in terms of being pretty offensive.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would argue that <clears throat> that might be a product of the times in which this this came out in yeah. two thousand and four. Same
1: year as a a Yeti, a love story. Okay. (laughs) And then then
0: our subsequent
1: movies. Sure. But I mean, I'll just say this, like immediately something that like set a bad tone for me for the whole movie was just the very casual, repeated, like fat shaming of fucking Jennifer Tilly. Oh, okay. Which is, like, it's just, and the thing is, it's just for a joke. Sure, sure. Like, Yeti is super offensive, but you guys were at least being, like, sort of deliberately subversive. But this movie just, like, makes fun of the fact that Jennifer Tilly doesn't have an eating disorder.
0: Yeah, okay, so I want to talk about Jennifer Tilly, because I think she is one of the standouts. She's fantastic. She continues to be great. She's great. She has such a great sense of humor about herself. There's so many really funny jokes, like, when Red Man comes over to to like have, she, she basically is like trying to seduce Red yeah. Man so she can play the Virgin Mary uh-huh. in his biblical epic, which I think is such a funny
1: idea. Yes, it's pretty amusing.
0: Um, it, it, She's like, he's like, oh, I loved you in that one movie. And she's like, bound? Yeah, everybody
1: likes that. <laughs> you no, know, he says that one movie that's, where you make out with that other right, chick. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, everybody likes that one.
0: Uh, also, one of the fucking funniest lines. Uh-huh. Is when um, it's when she's like being tort uh, she's being like, not tortured. Like Chucky is jump jumps on her back while uh-huh. she's on the phone with her assistant. Oh, it, like puts
1: a sheet over her head or whatever. Yeah, she's yeah.
0: screaming, and then Tiffany, because they have the same voice, right? Is uh, pretending to be her, <laughs> and the assistants like, what's that screaming? She's like, oh, bounds on Gina Gershon's fingering me. <laughs>
1: Yes, that was great. Yeah, Um, I'll give you that. I think this movie has good jokes. Like it's it's not consistent, but it like legitimately made me laugh more than once.
0: Uh, Other things I thought were very funny was um, because Glenn Glenda has a made in Japan mark Mm -hmm. on their on their on their forearm yeah on um, the wrist which was uh, this is actually kind of clever i didn't really put this together because the original chucky doll the good guys dolls Uh are made in chicago but in bride of chucky she reassembles him from Uh parts of other dolls so it's actually another doll that's made in japan okay and the glenn glenda inherits That birthmark, right? So, but because of this, he thinks they think their parents are Japanese. Yeah, <laughs> and so <laughs> there are lines when 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 uh, Glenn Glenda meets Chucky and Tiffany's like Kanichiwa,
1: yeah, uses whatever the Japanese <laughs> is for parents. And it's so, it's pretty funny. I think it's pretty funny. Yeah, um, but then you know, so I agree. I think that that is funny, but then I think it's pretty lazy at the end when we have glenn glenda demonstrating their all of their karate yes, yes uh, you I know, agree. With you. i agree with you you know and it's just stuff like that that it's like there are a lot of pretty cheap jokes yes um yeah i uh, jennifer tilly is is really good and she does a ton in this movie because she's playing tiffany she's in almost every scene in the movie yeah she's really the star of the movie yeah because she's either playing herself or she's playing tiffany um and, yeah, I think of, like, her storyline is a little bit, like, I'll give you the aging stuff for sort of the, the more, like, exploitative elements of her storyline with her, like, trying to sleep with Redman and all of, like, the, you know, careerist sort of ladder climbing mm-hmm. stuff that happens. And But, I mean, overall, I think that, for me, it's more just, like, I think this is a fun Kind of funny, big swing that doesn't totally connect. That's kind of that's kind of how how I generally feel about
2: okay. it.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: Um, I want to. I'll give my my summation
0: when we get there. Mm-hmm. But um, so I wanted to circle back to yeah. the. We made a correction, I think, during the Wikipedia entry mm-hmm. where they interpreted the Glenn Glenda stuff. Yes. in a different way than I think I did. Because yeah. what's not noted in there is that. Um, Glenn and Glenda doesn't have genitalia
1: right so as opposed to Tiffany and Chucky who apparently are both anatomically, anatomically correct. correct and so there's a constant argument throughout the movie
0: between Tiffany and Chucky Chucky wants the the kid to be Glenn his son and Tiffany wants her to be Glenda her daughter mm-hmm. um, and I actually kind of think what ends up happening is is sort of nice. Yeah. Where Chucky... Uh, Tiffany basically is like, whatever you want, right? Am I misremembering that?
1: Um, By the end, yes. By the but, end. but she is pushing like, oh, you're my daughter for, for right. two-thirds of the movie. Right,
0: yeah, right, yeah. right. Um, so there is this confused sexual... confused gender within Glenn Glenda. <clears throat> That's interesting, although it does get into the Brian, Brian De Palma territory right. with Dress to Kill, where when Glenda... When it's Glenda, it's murderous. Right. And when it's Glenn, it's, it's you know, timid and yeah. kind. So, I mean, that's a little, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. It's, great.
1: It, it, it's tricky, and it's, you know, there's <laughs> shark-infested waters, for sure, yeah. to, like, navigate. But, I mean, I think you were headed in this direction. I, do, I also like how it sort of resolves, which, in my mind, was essentially what seems to be kind of the lesson, if there is one that Mancini's pushing in this script of just like sort of acceptance and like self-acceptance. Yeah. Right. Of your like unique identity and that the Glenn, Glenda character ultimately ends up identifying as Glenn and Glenda.
0: Yeah. And the, um, that article I referenced, uh, the author takes it one step further Mm. in in a way that I wasn't even thinking of where the human children of Jennifer Tilly are Glenn and Glenda. Right. And then in that way, Glenn and Glenda get to live out their truth yeah. in in human body.
1: And that's exactly how I interpreted yeah. it. That they that there wasn't that like either Glenn or Glenda is real. It's like no, they're both yeah. real and that by doing the body transformation they each get to have And,
0: and I don't think I didn't like that wasn't how I read it. It's just that I didn't think about it that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that no, hard. No. <laughs> At, yeah. By the end.
1: Yeah, I think I think we're both in agreement there. And and so that that brings me to another thing that I wanted to talk about. Something that I thought was interesting, and I wish had maybe gotten a little bit more play, is you, it even comes up in that recap when they're when they're on the ride home, Chucky. And Tiffany and Glenn are all together for the first time. They've murdered the puppeteer uh, Uh in a particularly gory scene. Um, And they're all in the back of Jennifer Tilly's limo while she's up front with her limo driver who loves her. And they they have this conversation about, like, why do you kill people? And it's, like, it's an interesting conversation that doesn't happen a lot in horror movies, right? Where it's, like, a very direct very blunt conversation about the motivation for an evil character and for the murder. And I did find it very interesting that Chucky has a really fast response of just like, it's a way to relax. Yeah. yeah, And I was like, okay, well I don't think that's probably how any actual serial murderer feels about it, or at least not that like simplistically, but I liked that this was, a conversation that happened in the movie, yeah, and that ultimately leads to uh, a storyline that isn't really covered in the plot synopsis, but like a sort of B plot that's going on throughout the second half of the movie is is this struggle. Tiffany does the twelve steps, basically. Yes, there's this whole like recovery yes. aspect. Yeah, yeah, because it stems out from we talked about that scene briefly where Chucky's crossing his fingers, saying he won't murder anymore. And he immediately blows it off. He never gives it any effort. But Tiffany tries and fails, Mm -hmm. but tries not to murder anyone for a while. And it is an interesting kind of dynamic of this thing of of it's like they're kind of over to differing degrees, but both of them are affected by parenthood to where they're at least sort of trying to alter their normal behavior in pursuit of being better parents. And I was curious how you felt about that as Um, a father. (laughs)
0: Uh that's funny that you say that. Uh um Did you stop murdering when, when your son was born? I did stop murdering briefly. No, I I think it I mean I don't know too much about addict behavior like yeah. firsthand. But I do think it is like probably a it's in some ways kind of an honest depiction of like two addict parents right. having to come to terms with uh yeah. like oh there's this new thing in my life now that I can't be an addict for and I right. have to do the best I can. And like, I even like that, that she has a slip up and stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's not to answer your question. Yeah. But it, it was, it was like sort of my, my appreciation of how that subject was, was handled. Right. Uh, but yeah, for, of course, like when, when you're, when you learn that you're about to have a kid, I've seen two different directions that people go in, Mm -hmm. and I'll tell you the direction I (laughs) went, which is like either the dad, because the mom, of course, can't drink, can't go out, right? Doesn't want to because you know they feel like shit for a lot of the time. And the dad either goes hard in one direction, and I I was more in the party guy. Yeah, like I got like this my last nine months. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Which is what Chucky does. Yeah, (laughs) and I think some other other parents though do the what more what Tiffany does mm-hmm. till you know to a lesser degree I wasn't calling yeah. I wasn't making amends with people I heard, <laughs> you know
1: yeah and apparently trivia so she calls somebody's wife a widow and uh, uh, admits to and apologizes for killing her husband and apparently that was the widow of the police officer who was the first murder right. and bride of Chucky um so I don't know. Were there any other big things you wanted to hit on? Yeah, there was another joke that really made yeah. me laugh,
0: which was <laughs> the news story that Martha Stewart was going to be executed in the morning. <laughs> that was really funny. It was dude. a really quick throwaway. I
1: remember that. Oh, yeah.
0: executing Martha Stewart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted to shout out Redman. Um, I've always been a big uh-huh. fan of How High. Um, I haven't seen him act in much else, but I think he's got really good natural timing. Uh yeah. He's like funny. he's yeah, he's like definitely like his part is fine. He doesn't have a ton to do. But right. it's like you like Redman's a rapper and like he doesn't do any worse than if you just cast like a comic actor in that role. It's like he's sure he's like sure. yeah, he does exactly what he needs to do. He's funny, he can tell a joke. Um yeah, I enjoyed him a lot. <laughs> and uh yeah like overall it's just it's it's an odd the movie's like kind of an odd mix to me i think Mm. that's part of maybe what doesn't work is it doesn't like flow great it doesn't it yeah it's it's kind of disjointed and tonally there's some big shifts from one portion to the next it's always kind of goofy but it's like it, it, it's more like, you know, at, at different points in the movie, I'm like, wait, what is this movie supposed to be about? Like, yeah. I know it's about Glenn, Glenda and, and their parents, but I'm like, I don't totally always understand what Don Mancini is going for at any given moment in the film. Sure, sure. If that makes sense. Which, you know, is also, I have to imagine it's probably a bit of a challenge to have your first feature film also be something you wrote because you're not getting that or at least nearly as much of that like external guidance.
0: Yeah. You You don't have other people. I mean, I'm sure he had some sort of external forces, right? Like giving him notes, but not to the extent of like another director interpreting the
1: script. Yeah. 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 Definitely.
0: Um, uh, I also wanted to quickly say, a quick cameo by uh. Mike, Mike and my, myself, Mike and I's Mike, my Mike and my old work, our, our old work, the LA center studio. Yeah. The at, hospital the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, if, if you haven't seen the movie or if you go back and watch, uh-huh. like when Jennifer Tilly goes to the hospital, that exterior of this like big building is the office building that Mike and I both worked in yeah. separately, not with each other, but we, we ran into mm-hmm. each other a couple of times. Um, and you'll see that exact angle in that courtyard. It's yeah. like a little driveway in everything. Yeah, it's in Bosch. It's in uh, uh, it, not, it's, Brooklyn Nine Nine.
1: Yeah, if you if you want to see a lot of LA Center Studios, just watch any given episode of The Rookie. Oh, it's yeah. the in, like the police station that is the hub of that show is just all the exteriors are LACs. Oh, yeah, yeah, Mad
0: Men also shot there. Yeah, um, yeah. We were West just
1: World. We were down the hall from the Mad Men offices, and yeah. like they those the the people who worked there were fairly cool about it. And it's like people would just show up and be like, "Hey, can we walk through the office?" And they'd be like, "Yeah, it's fine." What
0: uh, what floor were you on? Were you we were on? on
1: the third floor. I think oh, I, was on, I was on twelve. So yeah,
0: wow. top floor.
1: Yeah, well, we were on the fucking Mad Men floor. No, I mean, I was in the, we were in the
0: penthouse. Yeah, it was a
1: uh, it was pretty cool. cool. Cold
0: brew on tap.
1: That's cool. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. I would I would brag about the work that was being done in that office, but you work for the... <laughs> and it's that it, company now. You so know,
0: I don't know. Yeah, I I will say no more because I don't know who's listening to this. <laughs> well, I did great work in both places, and I made equally good shows, right? <laughs> I, I worked hard in both places and am yeah. very proud of
1: uh-huh. half the work. Half the work. <laughs> All, All right. right. All right. So l- let's transition to wrapping up. But I wanted to throw out there since we don't do the full plot recap. Maybe we can sort of uh, take a moment to touch on a couple more superlatives than we usually do. Sure. And I thought maybe something like adding in just a favorite performance. Sure. Which sure, I think sure. would be pretty straightforward for this one. Yeah. And maybe like a favorite scene. Okay. Um, just to kind of better highlight what we liked about the movie. Okay. Um, you know, what do you think?
0: Yeah, that sounds great. Um, while I think of that, yeah. Let me run down the body count in the movie. And sure. Talk about best death. So we have the father stabbed, and he falls through the banister. The mom in the shower, notable because it's the only nudity in the Chucky series. Oh,
1: we didn't talk about Tiffany's boobs.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, that was a very funny scene, too. <laughs> All right. So, in yeah. order for Chucky to produce so that they may yeah. artificially inseminate Jennifer Tilly.
1: Yeah. Which we didn't really touch on, but is, like, another thing that's kind of, like, uh, It's pretty gross. Yeah. yeah it's so not, not great. It's problematic. Yeah.
0: Uh, Chucky has to crank off in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, "So you gonna give me a hand here?" <laughs> and Tiffany just lowers her blouse and shows just like flashes her boobs,
1: <laughs> and then he goes to work. It's very funny. Yeah, and also
0: it is very funny with John Waters like <laughs> taking pictures of Chucky cranking it.
1: Yeah, uh, we get sil we get like silhouette of yeah. Chucky jerking off right. in this movie, <laughs> which
0: I thought was pretty fun.
1: And it's funny because they definitely the hand gesture makes it seem like he is about as well endowed as you'd expect a doll of that size to be. (laughs) Perhaps even slightly less so. And so there's like a little finger pincer kind of. Yeah. Anyways, I felt seen. Um, So
0: so there's the mom in the shower, the Santa, which I guess doesn't really count. It's not a real death, but it's fine. It's bloody. It's bloody. Uh, Special effects guy gets his head cut off with piano wire. John Waters, uh, who gets covered with acid. Red Man, who gets eviscerated at the dinner table. The Assistant, who gets torched and then falls over another banister. Mm-hmm. And then the limo driver, who sacrifices himself. And I guess let's throw in uh, uh, Chucky and Tiffany in there, yeah, too, yeah.
1: as well. Yeah, and, and I will say there's this whole other character of the Assistant, who we don't talk about at all, because her character is boring and pointless. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her whole plot line is, uh, seems like an afterthought. So
0: Yeah, there's like one scene that's kind of funny, where she's faking fan mail. To Jennifer Tilly, which I laughed at, but other yeah, than that, it's yeah. pretty much useless.
1: Yeah. Um. So I mean, I can start favorite performance. I, we've already kind of covered it, but we'll say it again. I think Jennifer Tilly runs away with this one. Yes. Yes. Um. She's doing double duty as Tiffany and her and a very exaggerated version of herself. She, like you said, she clearly has a good sense of humor about herself. She, she does not. she does not paint a rosy portrait of jennifer tilly the actress no she's like
0: sneaking snickers behind crew members backs and stuff Mm -hmm. yeah there's
1: nothing worse you can do than than secretly a candy bar yeah (laughs) yeah another thing i didn't (laughs) love about this movie yeah Yeah. uh we don't have to dwell on the fat shaming stuff but i'm not a fan i will just put it out there i don't i don't particularly enjoy it um same for you
0: yeah definitely same for me yeah um I thought Billy Boyd, is that his, is that yeah. his name? As Glenn Glenda mm-hmm. it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, Redman, also pretty funny. But yeah, Jennifer Tilley just like steals the show for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. How about a favorite scene? Did you have one that you enjoyed more than anything else? Uh, favorite scene. I was trying to think about that while you were,
0: I guess. The first thing that pops into my head is the scene that we just described, where uh-huh. Chucky's cranking off and John Waters <laughs> is taking sure. pictures of it because I yeah. thought it was pretty funny and like it's 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 in scenes like that that I think the movie excels when it's really mm. going for it, right? It is really going for it, and I yeah. think John Waters' presence too just lends another aspect to it that's very funny. Sure. and like, knowing oh, I wanted to point this out. This is the first movie of all of them so far that fully embraces camp. Yeah. Like this is a campy movie. Absolutely. I mean, bride of Chucky kind of goes there, but this is Mm. more. So yeah. Yeah. Even further. And I, I enjoyed that about it. Uh, what about yourself? Your favorite scene?
1: I think, you know, I talked about how every once in a while I'd feel the movie almost becoming something that I like really loved. Sorry. I just hit my microphone. Hand gestures for the podcast. Always important. (laughs) Um, And I think I remember feeling like, oh, I might really enjoy this during the audition scene with Jennifer Tilly and Redman. Oh yeah. When 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 she comes in and we get his like bullshit breakdown (laughs) of this Virgin Mary, he's gonna play is what is he playing? Jesus Christ or is he playing? I I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, he, He might be playing Joseph. I'm not positive, but you know he's talking about what he's looking for and then he's clearly just staring at jennifer tilly's tits the whole time yes yes um which i couldn't tell if that was a choice or <laughs> <laughs> it worked it worked for the scene but i think their whole inner their whole back and forth is very funny the julia roberts thing is a dumb bit but i yeah i, yeah. I chuckled and then immediately i was like Julie Roberts would never do that movie. Like, no, she never so unrealistic. <laughs> yeah. Um, at least maybe this fictional version of Jennifer Tilly might consider it, but yeah. So I, I I enjoyed that scene a lot. What was your favorite death? Um, I gotta say it was the um, the piano wire, the the puppeteer. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I think it was done really well. There was some CGI in there, but there's also a lot of practical too. There's a lot of fake blood. I love a decapitation. Yep. And there's a fun element of Chucky and Tiffany working together that I think brought a lot of energy to Bride of Chucky. Like a lot of them like kind of co-conspiring on yes. kills yep. was like a fun, that is fun thing. And there wasn't as much of that in this one as I would have liked. Yeah, and this was kind of, kind of, of that high one. point. Yeah.
0: Um, oh, I meant I forgot to mention Britney Spears dies as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, Just an impersonator. Especially <laughs> nowadays, doesn't feel that great.
1: No, <laughs> no. Fuck her for being a uh, being famous. Famous, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: so I think mine. That's a good one. Uh, I think I like the John Waters Acid. Okay. Even though it's it is CGI, it's clearly yeah. CGI, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's John Waters, um, and it's it, it is the takeaway that I. When it was happening, I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's what I remember the most from right. this." Yeah, um, I want also want to give a shout out to Tiffany's death when she dies, like she gets like, axed uh, in the face or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I-, I like that. It's kind of it's kind of disturbing in a way. Yeah. Also, her exposed spine when the puppeteer takes the plate off her back—it's <laughs> fucking gross.
1: Yeah, yeah. There is there is surprisingly, and this is how they sort of hinted at this at the beginning where it's like. The movie almost descends fully into comedy and camp, but then it's like it is pretty gory. And like it's not we'll we'll touch on this in a second, but you know, it it's not scary, but no, it's gory.
0: Uh moments that didn't age well. Uh John Waters drops the M word for little people. Yeah,
1: which again, like what I was sort of saying, Mancini can't stay out of his way. He keeps putting it in the scripts. Yes, even though at this point it's 2004. So now we're we're into the era where we can't just blame it on. Oh, that's how things were in the late 80s. It's like no, you know, you're not supposed to do that anymore. Did
0: you see that Matt Damon thing from today? Yeah, (laughs) that's fucking. Matt Damon is really
1: burying himself. Uh, if
0: you don't know what I'm talking about, Matt Damon was like, "I stopped saying the the f slur for
1: gay people a months ago, months ago, months ago, because, because he learned something t- from his daughter. Yeah,
0: <laughs> my daughter told me not to, which means he was just walking around saying that word. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Like, I understand, I understand the aspect of like, oh, we just like, called each other that on the playground, right." because we did yeah we, so did we sure did. and
1: i stopped when i was like 17
0: yeah exactly. i stopped <laughs> when i started being friends with gay people
1: yeah i say i think i stopped about 20 years ago and yeah. matt damon apparently stopped during the pandemic
0: it's <laughs> <That's laughs> fucking crazy
1: yeah anyway um cool yeah i've also been enjoying twitter <laughs> roasting not nearly as much of an offense but still very enjoyable uh ben stiller uh I didn't see Ben Stiller in an interview uh, announced that he, he doesn't think that nepotism is real in Hollywood. (laughs) He thinks that (laughs) Hollywood is a meritocracy.
0: (laughs) That was a a similar thing happens with one of Spielberg's daughters. Mm -hmm. is directing a movie starring
1: somebody else's, somebody else's kid. Yeah.
0: And she was like, I got here on my own merits. Yeah. And it's like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter.
1: No, Even if you're good, you still didn't get here on your own merits. It's like, I mean, that's the thing is it's like you can be good yeah. and still benefit from nepotism. Look at Dan Levy.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's a great example. Cronenberg's son. Yeah. Like, Possessor was really cool.
1: Really talented. Glad they're doing stuff. Also, they definitely got there because their parents were famous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh. <sighs> um. Where were, Where were we? Oh, uh, things that didn't age. Things well. so didn't that did age well. That was mine.
1: Yeah, I got. Uh, I mean, I talked about my fat shaming stuff. Uh, that bothered me. Uh, definitely, there's like a whole sort of quasi rape subplot. Uh, with they're kind enough to inseminate Jennifer Tilly with a turkey, a turkey baster, baster yeah. instead of Chucky just fully raping her. But right, otherwise, right, that's right. pretty much. It's still sexual assault um what else i think there was something else that pissed me off too (laughs) i can't remember Uh, off the top of my head um i don't know yeah i mean i think that all of the stuff with glenn glenda is is at least handled with a sort of open heart and like good intentions yeah so that whatever kind of Trouble it gets itself into. I'm more willing to forgive. I,
0: I agree with you yeah. on that aspect, and I think as a straight white man, my opinion on this matter <laughs> <Yeah>. matters. <laughs> sure, I mean. no, but I, I, I do, I do agree that like you can tell that it was the point, One of Don Mancini's point when making mm-hmm. this movie was handling that subject matter, you know, with some grace and yeah. with some with some heart.
1: Yeah. Um, the thrust seems to be about like coming to terms and accepting your identity and, and not feeling like you have to be one thing or another thing just because someone else tells you to. Exactly. Yeah.
0: All right. Then finally, uh, how scary with this, was this movie? I think we gave bride of Chucky a 3.5. Yeah.
1: I mean, this This is is less scary. There's like, there are maybe two scenes in the whole movie that are even trying to ever be scary. Yeah. I would say the, the beginning which doesn't really succeed. <laughs> right. And and the ending, not the end end but the, uh, like, the the false ending, like the stuff where Tilly's tied up in her bedroom and all that. Right. Um, I would probably give this a two.
0: Yeah, I can go with you there. Two.
1: Yeah. And, I, and the other thing I was going to say is we didn't talk about this much, or we didn't talk about this all, but before I forget, I did want to touch on... I am. I am as much as anyone. I am guilty of like letting the last impressions or first impressions leave a bigger mark than everything else. And I will say that I thought the ending was pretty poorly handled.
0: Oh yeah, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, because uh, I I also think it was poorly handled. Yeah,
1: all of like kind of the postscript stuff. Yeah, with the t- the twins and and all of that is like it wasn't a solid ending.
0: No, and way. I think that's part partially. Explains sort of my like oh yeah I guess it is what they were saying there mm. was that I just thought that whole sequence felt tonally strange. These yeah, kids look fucking crazy. Yeah, like Jennifer Tilly beating the the nanny. It's I don't know. It just like right didn't really yeah. fully work.
1: And then like who mailed Glenn the, the Chucky, Chucky arm? The Chucky arm was it then, Chucky? And then how did it come back to like la- none of it yeah. makes any fucking sense. No, no, it's agree, like it's it feels kind of tacked on. So
0: yeah. So, final thoughts? So, final thoughts. I really thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I thought it was funny. Um, it is the kind of... I mean, it's just kind of really up my alley. Yeah. It's campy. It's funny and gory. <clears throat> it doesn't take itself seriously. Of course, there are problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm willing to overlook those problems because I laughed through yeah. them. Um, but at where it stands in the larger Chucky, child's play... You know, uh, movies. Like, I can't... Well, obviously, I can't say you now. You can't spoil it. But it that is something that has to take into account uh-huh. when we're doing our final rankings of the series. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, and I'm curious to see where it goes from here. But this, for me, is... I think this is a Mary.
1: All right. Yeah. I respect your feelings.
0: What about yourself?
1: Um, for me... Uh... The good, we have some good jokes. We have some interesting ideas. We have some interesting storylines. We have some good performances. Um, The bad, I think the production value is uh, probably the lowest quality that I've seen, at least in the series so far. Um, I think it's kind of a tonal mishmash. Uh, I think it uh, is overly insensitive in places uh, and, and somewhat problematic uh and yeah at the end of the day um it certainly meets my qualifications for being like I I respect and acknowledge its existence I like what they were trying to do and I feel like I'm I'm not someone who wants to throw the baby out with the bathwater and say well these things were wrong bad so this whole movie is bad um you know so for me I think this is it's it's not f- it squeaks by, I would say, in being a fuck for me on the fuck, marry, kill scale. But I think it's... I think I'm, I'm glad I watched it. I'll say this. The, the, the highest praise I can give it after this viewing is that despite my concerns, it did not lower my overall estimation of this series. Okay. Like... It didn't. It. I didn't watch it and go, "Oh, now I think less of Don Mancini and the Chucky movies." I was like, "Okay, now I've seen that one. It's definitely different, and it tries some stuff, and a lot of stuff doesn't work, and and, and some stuff does, and I like the stuff that does." And and overall, uh, you know, the the effort behind it feels honest, and I appreciate it. And there is definitely some artistic vision, and I. Sp- you know I know what's going to happen to a certain degree so you know I'm biased but I'm also like I see the sort of beginnings of uh, a, f- a directing career for Don Mancini and he seems like someone who could have promise who who maybe you know down the road as he continues to direct will kind of hone his craft a little bit
0: I think you gotta watch this bad boy again
1: okay I do
0: I think it'll hold up better on repeat viewings. all right well I'm not gonna watch it this week but watch all. it now no. <laughs>
1: Halloween's coming up in just a few short months, so you're gonna gonna turn it on. Oh
0: shit, it's not on Netflix anymore. Oh yeah, that's right. But I got the DVD.
1: That was the other thing. I started it last night at eleven thirty, and it was going off Netflix at at, like yesterday seven thirty. What happened? It played all the way through. I didn't tempt fate. I never paused it. I never stopped it. Yeah, but I started at eleven thirty, and I finished it at one, and it played all the way through. So I got to I got to finish it.
0: Well, hell yeah. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, let us know what you think about this new approach. Yeah.
1: Really, like, be honest with us. Give us um, notes, like, because this is a work in progress, so it's like, if you like some of the changes, not some of the others, you think we should add something, subtract something, let us know. Alrighty, be right back.
0: Hello, everyone. Today we have a very special guest. Not only have his movies captured our hearts and minds for more than two decades, but he's defined acting and acting out for a whole generation. Chucky, it's an honor to have you here today.
2: Thank you. It's an honor to be here. And if you don't mind my saying, you look much shorter in person.
0: And we're back. Okay, we have one final segment for you. We're going to do a good old-fashioned staff picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. if you don't know what this is, this is uh, we'll recommend to you... A movie or two, well, I, won't, I don't know why I'm being coy about it, two, two movies, movies each, <laughs> um, that kind of fall along a similar topic to uh, Seed of Chucky, and in this case, we're talking about parenting horror movies, Yeah, horror movies that feature parents, children, their relationships. Also, want to give a shout out to, I don't know if our sister podcast is a little too <laughs> a little forward. Too familiar. Yeah. <laughs> familiar. But our good friends uh, Josh and Carol have a podcast called mummy and daddy.
1: Former guests of the show. Yep. They did a live recording of dead alive with us last Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
0: I wanted to say too, I think this new format would lend itself to guests more.
1: Yeah, you're right. They don't have to sit through us doing a recap recap
0: of the entire movie. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh,
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So their podcast is about horror movies, but from a parenting perspective, Sort of ripping them off a little bit here. Sure, what can you do?
1: But we're just doing it the one time. Just the one time. We we didn't like start a whole podcast uh, on a huge podcasting network that's like the same topic that we do.
0: Like when I had a uh, a podcast that we were challenged to write fan fiction. Oh yeah, uh, another podcast. Came in, did the same thing. Yeah. It was actually a former guest of ours. (laughs) Oh, wow. But I think they were, it was like based on a live thing they were already kind of doing. It was was more um, parallel thinking than it was like ripping off, but still. It was like, oh, well, they're more successful now than we are. Gotcha.
1: Okay. Well, anyways, uh, there's no bitterness here, folks. Uh, We're doing great. Uh, Oh,
0: and also Gourley and Rust (laughs) are doing the same thing as we are. (laughs) Wait. (laughs)
1: i thought we'd agree <laughs> again with the euphemism i'm trying to use euphemisms <laughs> there i like to make mike uncomfortable by just
0: saying the thing he's dancing around <laughs> all right so all what right. are we doing this time
1: around? uh yeah so we're doing staff picks uh which uh just to be clear not the same thing as mount rush gore mount rush gore is the greatest that's what we do uh when Eric isn't being a coward. But <laughs> when he can't commit, then we do staff yeah, picks yeah. instead. Um, so I'll kick it off. Um, my recommendation, my first recommendation, if you're looking for something else in the parenting horror super subgenre, uh, I'll throw one out there that is absolutely on my Mount Rush score and maybe right at the front. Uh, and that's got to be. David Cronenberg's The Brood. Yeah. Which is probably my absolute favorite horror movie about children and parents ever made. Yeah. I think I think that's kind of a slam dunk for me.
0: I'm due for another brood watching.
1: Really? Yeah, can you
0: can you run me down like I've
1: seen the brood, but it's been yeah.
0: nigh on fifteen years. Well,
1: here's what I'm gonna say is that the brood, it's not an it's not, you know, the sixth sense, but but there is kind of a big reveal right. in it. So I wouldn't want to spoil that for you. But in essence, it's 79 Cronenberg, so it's pretty early. But this is like kind of right around when he's really hitting his stride, in my opinion. Yeah. It's. I mean, and this is saying something. It truly is some of his best body horror. Um, but it also just like it's it's you know it's winter in i want to say toronto it's definitely canada Mm -hmm. um but you know it's in 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 a lot of the first half of the movie is these horrible murders being committed by somebody in a red snowsuit uh right you know like a like a child like the size of a child possibly a child um yeah and it's just—I mean—I think I love Cronenberg. Anybody doesn't know, um, he's one of my top five directors for sure. And this is probably a top five Cronenberg for me. Um, and and it's it's this, the backstory is great. He had a terrible divorce, and he wrote this script, and it's basically about the fucked up relationship between. Um, A father and a mother and, and the impact it kind of has on uh, them having a kid and, but it's a body horror movie and it's awesome. I
0: need to revisit it. It's been like, even you saying that, I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, I I remember, I remember parts of it very Mm. clearly, but then I'm like, I'm pretty fuzzy in the details of the rest.
1: It's great. And it's super fucked up and it's gross and awesome.
0: Uh, so for mine, this one's not going to blow any minds. I think it's probably one of the first movies you think of mm. when you think of uh, parenting horror movies. Um, but I do think, you know, like not to get too much into my personal life. It is one that I'm feeling a lot lately, uh-huh. which is when you're sometimes your children get to an age and they get to be <laughs> fucking annoying. <laughs> Really, really, inic- they can't uh, help it. Yeah, sure. It's this own. It's this weird period in the, in their development where they can't be rationed with, and they're not quite a baby. They're not quite a. They're not old enough yet to yeah. act like a big kid. And I think the movie The Babadook, yeah, does a really good job <laughs> at like, man. Sometimes I just want to get the fuck away from this kid right now. <laughs>
1: um you feel it in your bones
0: yeah i mean obviously i don't want anything bad to happen to my child i love my child sure but the, you know especially being in a pandemic mm-hmm. where you're not going anywhere for yeah ni- like close to now a year and six months seven months it's you know it, yeah. it weighs on you and i think the Duke does a really good job of like yeah so oh fuck oh god oh what am i get out of here oh <laughs> Yeah, so that's my my recommendation. That maybe I revealed too much right now. All okay. right, cool. <laughs>
1: well, luckily,
0: see, I'm not afraid to talk about my feelings. Where Mike is scared, Mike's.
1: Afraid. I I he's afraid I someone's going to get them. Mad in mad euphemism. At them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've also been scolded by my significant other about what I can and cannot disclose on this podcast. Oh,
0: it's uh, it, uh, we're, we're open books here. I. I blew out our relationship so much on Twitter early on (laughs) that it doesn't matter.
1: (laughs) You guys can't even feel anything anymore. Um, I mean, this
0: is the only way we're close. Yeah.
1: So mine, uh, in a title sense, is very on the nose, but I think as a selection is going to be a pretty deep cut for a lot of people. Uh, And and I'll admit it's a movie I haven't seen in quite some time. But I, I watched this one... Oh, when I was around the age of the uh, the main child in this movie, and it fucked my shit up, and people don't really talk about this movie much, uh, and I consider it to be sort of a lost gem, and that is uh, the directorial debut of Bob Balaban, which is Parents. Oh, yeah. Have you seen Parents starring Randy Quaid? Randy Quaid, Quaid yeah. yeah, a long time ago, but yeah. It is a very strange movie. Um the the basic plot line, and this isn't spoiling too much because it this was like a cover of VHS cover that used to freak me out as a kid. But this was a movie that I rented. Uh there were a lot of those covers that I was like scared of and that I never saw. The biggest one I can think of is Monkey Shines, which that's a Romero movie. That right? is, yeah. yeah. Actually, one I've never seen. Me neither. Maybe we should watch it. Yeah. Um, but this is one that I did rent probably when I was like ten or eleven years old, and it's it's an odd movie because it feels like it's going to be a black comedy. And then the comedy never really comes. Uh And so it ends up feeling more like a kind of surreal, like it does creep into like David Lynch territory a little bit where you're like, I guess this is funny, but there aren't any jokes. Yeah. And, and it's really just about that kind of, universal feeling that this fear of like what if your parents were um evil yeah <laughs> and like not trustworthy and like murderous right
0: ah, man i didn't even realize bob balaban directed it because i think when i watched it i just yeah. wasn't even aware of who that man was
1: yeah sure well i wasn't either <laughs> i mean i am now obviously um and it's a movie that i think was not particularly well received but if I, I i think it's gained a bit of a cult following uh because it is a really interesting movie tonally uh it's a period piece it's set in the 50s uh it was made in the late 80s i believe and Randy Quaid is completely unhinged. Uh, surprising no <laughs> one. But, uh, you know, good. Like, very scary. And, um, yeah, if you've never seen it, I would recommend learning as little about it as possible and throwing it on. It's also, I, I believe, similar to our movie today. It's a tight sub-90-minute nice. watch. So if that gets your motor running, I, I say check it out.
0: Uh, so my final pick is... Um, is also one that I haven't seen in a while, but is one that kind of s- has stuck with me mm-hmm. since I did see it. It's called don't look back. No, it's called don't look now.
1: Don't look now. I, yeah. Fuck, Nicholas. You Rogue, guys right?
0: don't yeah. know what I just went through where I Googled. Don't look back. And like, no, that's not it. And then I was like, Oh, it's "Don't Look now. And then I was like, gotta say it. It's time to say it. Don't say, don't look back. And I fucking said it. I, like, I, I hate my brain sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so don't look now it stars uh, Julie Christie and Donald Sutherland um, they uh, they go to Venice I believe after the death accidental death mm-hmm. of their daughter uh, which is a very sad very scary thing yeah.
1: like a realistic very played very straight up yeah
0: very straight and then uh, Donald Sutherland starts seeing her everywhere yeah and you think maybe he's losing his mind. And I don't want to say too much else mm. because this movie does have a twist.
1: Big. T- this is like a famous twist. Famous
0: ending. twist. It's fucking cool. And it's one of those things where you're like, oh, wow, the real movie was happening mm-hmm. in the background of this. Yeah, and it, It's cool. It's. I don't want to say too much more. Yeah. Did I say too much? No. Okay. No. All I right. think
1: just... Yeah. I think you described it perfectly. And yeah. I mean, I... I only saw this like two or three years ago for the first time. And I knew there was a huge twist and I was watching and I absolutely was completely caught off guard. And it's, it's a great twist because it, it really does like people like to criticize M night Shyamalan uh, because sometimes I think his twists are perceived as being only good once, right? Like it's like Uh you watch it the first time and then you're very shocked but then it doesn't really add much to yeah. a rewatch. Not the case with this movie.
0: Yeah. In So much so that I might watch it again tonight. I'm, like, <laughs> it's really depressing. It, it yeah. is really depressing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there is like legitimate, if you are a parent, trigger warning. Yeah. Because it does deal with a death of a child. Yeah. In and the it deals with moments. the grief too. Yes, it's yes. like a
1: lot of the movie is about the parents dealing with the aftermath yeah. of the death of their, of their daughter. And
0: that's, I didn't watch, I haven't seen it since I've had a kid. Yeah. So... <laughs> I'm curious to see how that'll feel yeah, yeah. Uh, after I just you know shat talk my son <laughs> on, <laughs> comparing him to the kid in the bobaton yeah. but <laughs>
1: yeah I also want to throw out just in honor of Josh and Carol and the mummy daddy podcast uh when they were on uh we asked them what's the best parents that they've seen in a horror movie because uh, essentially the theme of their podcast is, all of the movies that they watch deal with like parenting mm-hmm. in some way. And they threw out a movie that I definitely considered for this list but then I was like it's not really a staff pick cuz everybody's seen it and that is Poltergeist.
0: Yeah, I almost picked it too.
1: Yeah, which is a great movie, I think we both mm-hmm. I would say lo- I love I love it. it yeah. yeah. Uh and yeah, uh Joe Beth Hurt and uh Joe Beth Williams, right? And mm-hmm. and Thanks. Craig T. Nelson as the parents in that movie are like they're like the perfect parents. They're like, should they smoke a giant. They're like, cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. But they're, you know, and it's, and, and that's a great one too. Although it's like, it's an interesting movie because it doesn't really derive any horror from the parental relationship, which I think, I think all of the ones that we picked do. I think so. Yeah.
0: All right. There you have it. There's our staff picks for uh, horror movies that deal with parental issues. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, guys, uh, we're going to be covering, what's next? the cult? Curse of Chucky. The, no, I think it's a cult of
1: Chucky. It's Curse of Chucky. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I feel fairly confident about this. I'm going
0: to look that up. Why don't you give our socials?
1: Okay. Uh, they're the same as they've been every week, but just in case you're just joining us or you have uh, the memento disease, it uh, is Killstreak Pod. <laughs> Uh, at gmail.com that is our email if you want to send us a message any questions you might have uh, you want to leave us a voicemail you can do that in the show notes or by going to the anchor.fm slash killstreakpod website and you can find us at killstreakpod on Instagram and Twitter Eric was I right or wrong?
0: Well Mike I want to thank you for uh, uh, you know next time around when we meet uh-huh. I ha- I didn't watch the wrong movie because it is the curse of chucky e. okay nice. yeah, yeah I'm right. glad I could help you're correct yeah. And as always, they're going to execute Martha Stewart? (laughs) I think that might be the line. I didn't write it down. (laughs) Freewheeling it.